0: Hey there, and welcome to Minter Dialogue. This week, as you'll have noticed from the new music, for those of you who are regular listeners, I'm gonna do something a little different. In fact, I had an interview that was planned, but I had to, or it had to be canceled at the last minute. So, what I wanted to do this time, was to do something I've been thinking about doing for quite a long time, was to give an, a, a monologue. And what I wanted to talk about was some of my life lessons and how, what are the implications for business out of these. So the three things, one is typing, two is what you don't know, and three, saying thanks. And I want to talk about each of these and then talk about the implications for business at the end. So hang in there. Hopefully you will enjoy it. So typing. So I was in in 1986 at, at Yale as an undergrad. I attended a conference by a man called Lester Thoreau. Lester Thoreau is an economist. He was the dean of MIT and is a uh, still a thriving person and a, a strong capitalist, of course. In his speech, one of the things that really struck me was the importance of typing as an executive. In my experience working in companies, I saw that many older, typically male, executives considered typing as rather degrading. What Lester Thoreau said was that typing is one of the most underexploited, productivity gainers that you can do and have in business. At that time, I was uh, studying literature and I had to do type a lot of essays. What I could immediately see was once I really mastered typing and learned how to type with my 10 fingers, I got up to the point of 70 words a minute without error. It became really a competitive advantage. And so it's uh, struck me how absolutely critical, at the very least, um, children should be learning how to type. Uh, boys and girls and and that executives should be learning how to type in companies because it really is incredibly uh, important and and it takes every day you're typing whether it's on a on a keyboard or on your iPhone so that was the first thing so the second is learn what you don't know and this is basically something that I observed and I can't say I was smart enough to think it in advance when I was at school I master. My my major was in trilingual literature, but alongside that, in the liberal arts opportunity I had at Yale, I I studied three other things, which uh, today I feel have given me a, a whole rounding out to my my life and have been extremely useful in in work. So I took a minor in women's studies, and you know most people tend to snort and laugh about how that was a way to pick up women it it wasn't that truly I was doing it in part because a lot of the things I was studying in literature included women's studies and women's uh, criticism and looking at books from a woman's perspective but anyway I I accumulated enough uh, course credits that I was able to get a minor in women's studies the second one was sleep and I took four courses in sleep one uh, with uh, the fabulous uh, Rosenberg um, professor um, who, who talk, introduced me to this notion of the very famous sleep researcher. At the time, it was we were definitely ahead of our game looking at what is sleep and how can we sleep better. It was something we didn't really talk about. And I think it's it's a true shame because sleep is something that we all have lived with. It's one third of our daily lives. And yet, how well do we actually know what goes into a good night's sleep? And what do we do to make sure that that happens on a regular basis? And the third area was left-handers. And possibly because I was playing a lot of tennis and squash, I would always pick up on left-handers. But I ended up getting really interested in the differences of left-handers, how they're 8 to 12% of the population that are left-handers and and look into the the history of of the La Sinistra and whatever uh, has gone with bad omen with regard to left-handed people. So the moral of the story is I look back on, on these selections is that really what I was studying was that which I don't know. And on the face of it, that's obvious. <laughs> that's what you're supposed to study. But if I frame it in a different way, I studied sleep one third of our day, massive impact on the two thirds. And yet in this sort of unconscious moment, we, we tend to spend all our time looking at how to improve our consciousness, our productivity, whereas sleep has a massive role in, in the way we are and how productive we can be. Women, well, uh, you know, over 50% of the world's population and not me. So I was definitely uh, giving an an opening of my eye to another part of the world, another way of thinking, another way of viewing history, books, who to identify with. And and, uh, that took me into all sorts of really fun and funky places, which have been very helpful in today's world, where the idea of having a balanced mind, both left and right brain, where you can work with empathy as well as being rational. Let's say a combination of, of a feminine and a masculine prototype. Uh, I found that has been extremely useful in my life. And then thirdly, left-handers. Well, 8 to 12% of the population, not me, I'm right-handed all the way. And so here's the crazy thing. I have the great fortune to be married to a fantastic lady, Yendi. And we have two glorious children, Alexandra and Oscar. And here's the rub. Both of them are left-handed, although Yendi and I are both completely right-handed. How crazy is that? Anyway, the third life lesson has been um, about saying thanks. And I, it's specific to the teachers in my life. What I've realized is that how important some of the teachers I had in my life were for me. And it was only a few, well, let's say a good 10 years afterwards that I had this idea that I should go back and to thank some of my teachers. So for some of them, this was in the form of a letter. Others, it was in the form of an email. And for one particular teacher, it was in the form of a very important dinner where we got to tell him face to face with a few other friends who got together on this idea. And it was my housemaster at my, my school, Eton, that we, we did this with. And, and what, a, what an amazing kick it was to see how meaningful it was for him for have his students come back a 10 years later to say thanks and it gave me uh, an extra boost, and I think it's something we should do more of. So in terms of impl- implications for business of all this, the first is this notion of typing. And it's really obvious how much we all spend typing, and yet I see so many one finger two-fingered, maybe at best four-fingered type typing going on. And I'm just thinking, how crazy is it that we don't spend more time thinking about typing faster? Because if we were, then we'd be able to type much get that part of the the element of communication out of the way, so why don 't human resources uh, provide that in their universities in their training programs internally and or offer out to every single entran- in- entering person in their company the opportunity to type faster it cannot It can no longer be considered a an uh, assistant-only, a secretary-only type of skill. It needs to be, in my opinion, something that all executives know how to do. The second one, the second implication for business is regarding this learning and, and focusing on what we don't know. So often, especially when you've had a few years, you get comfortable and you assume that your success will continue based on the types of actions and and models you put in place in the past as you go forward. It's obvious today that a lot of stuff is changing and so we need to be in a continual state of learning. One of the important parts of this, of course, is also unlearning some of the things we have taken for granted or think that are immutable and will stay with us for the whole time. And then there's a whole sense of relearning, a relearning the basics, basis of business, basis of listening, stuff that we all know about but that we tend to forget about as we go around our daily life. So the implications for business, how do you discover more ideas and, and learn what you don't know? Well, the thing I wanted to bring to you was uh, podcasts. And I think that, of course, this being a podcast, you guys are, are presumably rather hooked on it. But it's amazing how uh, the podcasts are, are still very little listened to. In the States, I've heard a number of people talking about in terms of including Jay Bear, Mitch Joel, amongst others, talking about how podcasts are coming back thanks in part to mass media who are using the new medium. And I think uh, it's something we should look at. Uh, so I uh, wanted to talk about a couple of the Ted, the um, podcasts that I like to listen to. The first uh, is TED Talks. And uh, the great way to do that is just uh, you know once every two days, I, I, I make sure I go back on the TED and I look at the latest talks, and I, and I tend to like to do that. The idea there is that I'll, ta- I'll always look at these new topics, which I didn't know about, whether it was... You know, um, education in Africa, or a uh, some n- nuclear scientist talking about some new thing, or a musician talking about how to conduct uh, different types of orchestras. So that's the first one, and then uh, another one is HBR's IdeaCast. Uh, always some interesting interviews, and they take a good look at at a business and some new ideas with some good and in- good interviewing. I like the, I like the interviewing; it's very relaxed, and yet the people who are invited are, are really powerful. The third one I'm going to mention uh, is Twit TV, and the reason why I do that is definitely to show me how much more geeky I should be getting, or can be getting, just to remind me how little sometimes I know about the differences in in Android and iOS and all these other elements, and it's a good way to keep me stimulated to keep on learning. And uh, then the last one I'm going to talk to you about, in case you haven't heard about it, is called Serial. Now, most of you, or many of you may have heard about it, but Serial is an amazing, um, series of uh, podcasts and it really puts great value in investigative journalism so I highly encourage you to go take a look at it if you do go take a look at the start from the very beginning because it's not the kind of thing you want to jump in at the middle at and do a, a shortcut this is something you need to track one after the other at this point in time we're at our ninth episode and it's absolutely stunning i uh, i can't tell you how much fun i have had following the story and and it go what it goes to of course in this particular case is learning the power of storytelling and something that is we as brand marketers we need to really i would say take on board i have to or give a big shout out to mailchimp who decided to sponsor serial a great thing to jump on and so brands need to be thinking about also not only uh, brand or storytelling their own, but maybe can they participate in other stories that are going on? And I think MailChimp did a great job on that one. So the last implication is saying thanks to somebody. And of course, maybe this sound's a little bit trite, but gosh, we don't do it. We are continuously behind our screens, running from meeting to meeting, and we just forget to do it. So this podcast, I hope you uh, stimulate you to go out and say say thanks to someone Someone you haven't said thanks to, uh, who's done a, just a meaningful amount of work for you, or or done you something that really turned out to be fantastic for you, and and of course the key is to say thanks without expecting anything in return, because that's the genuine nature of what we need to be doing in today's world. So that's it. I'll put the stuff in the show notes, uh, some links to the various items and, uh, I talked about, and I uh, just wanted to. In, I hope you enjoy this particular type of podcast. I don't plan to do it many many times. I'll get back to some uh, interviews in the future. And uh, look forward to hear If you have any comments, please do let me know. And I look forward to uh, catch up with you next time. Thanks for having listened to this recording of the Minter Dialogue Show. You'll find the show notes on themindset.com. That's mindset with a Y. Where you can also sign up for my weekly newsletter at forward slash subscribe. If you like the show, please do rate it on iTunes. That really makes my day. Happy trails and enjoy Josh Sachs's Painted Fingers.
1: Oh, fill me with all your colors any different way To rid me of the gray And heal me with all your imperfections That you mention in your lack of self-secure Disgusting values We'd hang our portraits in the hallways Make our house guests